Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. From the Bud Light Studios, Bud Light, easy to Sunday. KKSEFM HD1, Profield Denver, Boulder. Hey, it's Nate Kregman. It's Andy Lindahl. You've got Denver Sports Talk. Join us for Kregman and Lindahl today at 3. On the station where you get it all. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. It's Dempsey and Company. All right, so yesterday in the NBA, one of the – actually, it was a really entertaining game. Uh, the Lakers beat the Toronto Raptors 132-131 to 131, uh, in a game that just was back and forth uh, in the fourth quarter. All the things uh, were happening uh, at the same time, just uh, the, the, the Lakers just trying to hold on. Um, well, part of the story in this basketball game uh, was what was transpiring in the fourth quarter, and in particular at the free throw line. So the Lakers scored 44 points in the fourth. 19 of those points came from the free throw line. They were 19 of 23 from the three uh, from the free throw line in the fourth quarter alone. Teams don't get to get to that in an entire game. Meanwhile, the Toronto Raptors are going one for two, <laughs> one for two from the uh, from the from the free throw line, and that was not sitting very well uh, with their new head coach. And their new their head coach is in his first year. His name is Darko uh, Ryakovich, and um, what he said afterwards sounded a little like this. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame, shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. Twenty-three free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like how to play the game? I all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible, as Scotty Barnes? who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. He, look, um, this is a multi-layered, I, first of all, God bless him for that rant. That is great. And that is why we do coaches freak out uh, on this show. <laughs> do, you uh, know, do you know where Darko's uh, originally from? He's Serbian. Yeah. You know that this is little Serbia here in Denver. I mean, we are, we, you mess with one of us. You're going to hear it from all of us. <laughs> he was mad. Yeah, but I'm and, saying, man, we we fly the flag here. <laughs> and the thing I didn't know until this morning is that we have we have a Serbian here in studio right now with us. His name is Stipe Nelsovic. Stipe, 
What do you think about this injustice that was done against the Toronto Raptors in all of Serbia? Darvin Ham, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> he dies, he dies. Okay. <laughs> ben Taylor, I must break you. Oh, my gosh. Um... I'm pretty sure he was Russian. Stepe Nelsovich. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Stepe yeah. Nelsovich. Yeah. Ivan. Uh, Ivan, Ivan Drago. Drago. Yeah, no, he definitely was not Serbian. I don't mean. You were way better in the pre-show with your with your Serbian accent. I'm. Uh, you went straight Russian. Very different. Well, well, very, I, very different. I, I I'm sorry, Mike. I let you down. There he is. I, There's Stepe. Stepe. I bring Stepe Nelsovich. I bring dishonor on whole building. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let me just say a couple of things about this because I think this is multi-layered. And this is the kind of dude I am because I like to watch film. So what I did this morning when I heard uh, that rant was I went and rewatched every single Toronto possession in the fourth quarter because I wanted to see yet again. And I watched the game, but I just rewatched every possession just to make sure I, thought I, I saw what I thought I saw. And unfortunately for Toronto... What I saw was maybe two, could be three more instances where they could have gotten a foul, and these would have been contested calls. Um, They're not super obvious for two reasons. One, they were taking a bunch of jump shots. And Mike, I'll tell you this, if I say this once, I'll say it a thousand times, usually it I'd say 60 to 70% of the time, when you get a player and or coach who is going off on the officiating in terms of they want more foul calls, probably the film is not, is not going to back that up for them. And the film didn't back that up when I rewatched the, every single possession, which I did, and I did it twice. And, but A, they were shooting a bunch of jump shots. B, but they were going to the rim. But unfortunately for them, when they went through the rim, it was pretty much unimpeded. The Lakers defense was so bad in those instances, they just got layups and dunks. Or it was in transition, and they got a dunk in transition. And part three that is working against um, Coach Ryakovich is, do you know which team fouls the least in the NBA? The Los Angeles Lakers. It's the Lakers. It's the Lakers. His team actually is really good too. They're fifth on that on that list. And so you just had a bad scenario. Now look, also 8 of the 23 attempts for the Lakers came when it, Toronto was intentionally fouling them. So let's just chop 8 off and call it 15 attempts is what the Lakers had in the course of play in that fourth quarter. So it it's uh, Usually these things are always multi-layered, but I also think this, Mike, the NBA has a referee problem this year. Hmm. He's going to get fined about $25,000, $35,000 for that rant, but you know he's not the only one. We just heard Steve Kerr go off when Nikola Jokic had 18 for 18 um, and, and say it was disgusting. Now you're legislating defense out, but he's not the only one. Taylor Jenkins earlier this year went off after a game in which his team barely went to the free throw line, uh, but the opponent always just lived at the free throw line. This is not an isolated incident, and the NBA has to really take a look at how the officiating is going in this league because these games are looking so lopsided like this Lakers um, 
uh, Toronto game, and these individuals are so mad that they don't care about the fines anymore. They are walking right into the media room, and they're saying what is on their mind, and the NBA can't have that either. It's it's very, very interesting. So you said the Lakers are the least uh, – they have the least amount of fouls called on yeah. them in the NBA. They commit the least fouls because they don't game. play defense. <laughs> okay, at all, <laughs> they don't right. play defense. The fourth quarter would have backed you up on that because Toronto scored forty-two in that fourth. So I don't know if you have this stat ready. Uh, where does where do the Denver Nuggets fall on that list? On that list, uh, they're top ten actually. So least fouled, least foul. Yeah. So the, the least amount of fouls called on them. Mm-hmm. They what, don't commit a ton of fouls. And I would say that the Denver Nuggets would be top five, if not top three in the NBA uh, in the identity of playing hard defense. So yeah. I, I, to that point, I would, I would slightly disagree with the fact that there's a major league-wide issue, all la Steve Kerr saying that defense is being relegated out of the modern NBA. I don't quite agree with that. But do you think at all, Demps, do you think there's any narrative in which the NBA is fighting like crazy to preserve the integrity of the supermarket teams being relevant. No, no. Look at the standings. Here's the standings. But this could be in response to the state of the standings. I I think that mm, I think there was a time in the in in the league where they most certainly want, and they still do. Like, do you want your, do you want the Lakers to be good? Do they want Boston and the New York Knicks to be good? Yes. They, I think those answers are always yes. But I think that there's, I don't think they care not nearly as much now as, as they used to, because the, 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 what that, what the NBA has done is it's such a star driven league that the stars supersede the teams. And so, when you look at, and it's a, it's a, especially in the Western Conference, the top three teams are Minnesota, OKC, and Denver. There is no universe at which the in in maybe twenty years ago in which the NBA would have ever wanted to see Minnesota, OKC, and Denver at the top of their standings, and with great chances of advancing far into or winning an NBA title. That's just not what they wanted. They wanted that to stay a little bit more on the coasts. But I think that the ability of this league to um, really put its stars in the forefront really kind of supersedes these teams. And and if and honestly, I think if they, if they were, it's good for the league that the Minnesota Timberwolves are number one right now. It's good for the league that the Denver Nuggets won that because, because you bring in, it just widens your net for casual fans, for bringing people in, in, into the, in, to introducing them to the game, introducing them to your league. Um, and then for the diehard fans, you get used to different faces. People rebelled against the Nuggets because you know you know why one of the reasons why we heard all the, the the crap that we heard about the Nuggets last year. Jokic wasn't the MVP. Is Denver really a, that that great a basketball team? Or the the analysis going into the playoffs think Phoenix could probably beat the Nuggets, or probably the Lakers will beat the Nuggets because we weren't used to seeing like the nation was not used to seeing that, and you have to be retrained to understand. Uh, the 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 new landscape, 
And I think in the NBA for so many years, it's just been the same teams kind of over and over and over again. Um, and now we're starting to get this uh, widened out a little bit and people rebelled against that. But I think it's good for the league. Ultimately, you've got to be used to um, everybody having a chance to be able to win and be OK with that if you're a fan of the game. But what drives all of professional sports, college sports is TV viewership, Demps. And while I think that in a year it's okay for a dusty cow town in middle America to win a championship, the NBA doesn't want an omission of the New York and L.A. market on a regular basis. They don't want that. Mm -hmm. Or even throw Boston into that. Right. Or even Golden State, which is still a humongous media market. The NBA doesn't want that. They're okay with it. Oh, that's, that was nice. You know, Denver, okay, we got... A little bit, you know, more people are watching in, in the Rocky Mountain region. Sweet. But they want those big media markets to tune in all playoffs and for especially their big event, which is the NBA Finals. And I don't think you get to that and in a real way if – see, your league has to be able to survive, um, let's call it a five- to seven-year stretch if you don't have teams on the coast winning, right? That, like you, Your league has to survive that. The NFL survived this all the time. The, the, you know, the, the teams in L.A., nobody even cares about those teams. The teams in New York, yeah, yeah, people care about the Giants and, and the Jets to whatever degree. But that league survives no matter who is winning. And the NBA needs to get to that. But the only way you get to that point I, 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 your, is your point is well taken because the Nuggets and Miami Heat NBA Finals, there were a lot of people going, who's, who's going to watch this outside of those two markets? Turns out that they got pretty good ratings over over the course of that. But if your fan base isn't used to the new stars and isn't used to seeing that, then how can you ever stand a chance to have good ratings? So you might have to take a hit one year to introduce everybody to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon and this team and have them go, oh, actually, that's a fun team to watch. So now when the Nuggets are back in the NBA Finals, which it will be this year, then you have more people already ready for for the show they're going to see. So it's 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 a, it's a, it's it's one of the most fascinating. But it, it really is. But I, the NBA has got to take that hit a couple of years to be able to widen that that um, aesthetic, you know, for for their fans, so that they will watch Minnesota and Denver. Let's, what, what if that was the Western Conference Finals? Ugh, that's not what they would have wanted in the past, right? No. There's no LeBron, there's no Kawhi, there's no LA, there's no Steph, all that kind of stuff. And um, But this is where we're headed because the teams that are up and coming and good are Minnesota, OKC, Denver's already won, Sacramento, New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> That's the future of this league. And when John Morant gets back next year, you can put Memphis into that category. I didn't say the Lakers or the Clippers or anybody that matters. Or the Warriors. The, like, or the Warriors. Like, that's where that's not where the we're Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> I'm so mad. That Bring them back. Oh gosh, I'm so mad that there's no Let's uh, get franchise weird. in Seattle. All right, um, Nuggets and Jazz tonight, 8 p.m. Um, as the Nuggets continue to try to stay hot um, and move up. Uh, Nuggets gonna win this one. Yeah, I got a dub for them. Yeah, you know why I think they're gonna win this one is because I don't think that there's been a game this year where. The Nuggets, let's say after the beginning, you know, first 10 games of the season, where the Nuggets played a game, won a game, and finished the game completely healthy, Yeah, backed up by 
three full days of rest before their next tip-off. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that this is a really good time for the Denver Nuggets to play with their core all healthy off a few days of rest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think that's mattered the most. And if the more they can um, get big games like that under their belt, um, the better off uh, they will be. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back with Nelly's NFL Notes. You've got Dempsey and Company. Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. All right, quick programming note as we get into Nelly's NFL notes. Uh, we have shout outs coming up, so um, get them in 303-504-0925. 303-504-0925 to the text line. Uh, we will read them and we'll have a couple of our own uh, in the next segment as we wrap up the show. And with that, Nelly, what's your first story number one? Mike, I know that you've been jonesing. You've been just without your fix for weeks now because you you took your holiday time and then you weren't back for like three weeks. And in that time, Russ got benched. So you haven't had a chance to play America's Favorite Game Show. Can you survive one full cut from Russell Wilson without vomiting or otherwise tapping out in like a month, right? Are, are you doing okay? It's been a tough month, especially around the holiday season. You know, when you, you want to just... Be comforted by those that are nearest you. I mean, Russ in that segment has been, it's been emotional throughout the course of this year for me. And because of that, I I wanted to get you like a nicotine patch, just something to try and scratch that itch so you don't have to go cold turkey. And instead, I have a cut from Sean Payton yesterday, and we're going to see if you can survive this full cut from Sean Payton. The question was asked by Altitude's very own Scott Hastings, and I'm not going to hit you with the with the Russ music. That lives and dies with him, but tell me how long you can last. Coach Scott Hastings, Altitude Sports, every year in training camp, I ask players, what did they work on in the offseason? Going into the offseason, Sean Payton, the man, the coach, what's the one thing you'd like to improve on going into next year? Well, um, there's a couple things. Um, our tight red zone was awful. You know, and so, all right, I got to look closely at you know my sequencing and what I'm doing calling it. You know, inside the, what I mean by that is goal to go. We finished here, you know. So our red zone numbers are past the 20, how many touchdowns, percentage, et cetera. You know, our, our opportunities, I think we're decent. You know, I think we were 50-something that measured ninth or 10th. Um, but inside the 10, first and goal to go, that wasn't good enough. Um, third down, you know, there were a handful of things, and many of you have asked great questions about, hey, your offense, your offense, and overall, you know, it, it was uh, we collectively, starting with me, it, it, it wasn't good enough. We didn't take advantage of enough field position opportunities in games. Um, I want to get my eyes fixed. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Orchestra's playing you off. By the way, that was about. One minute, 15 seconds into a three and a half minute answer. He spoke for three minutes and 30 seconds on everything he wants to improve in the offseason. So I guess I guess that's inspiring. He's got he's got a list and he's checking it twice. It's a long list. It's a three minute long list. That's what this season got you. Got to change the name to can you stay awake for the entirety of said segment? You know, it's interesting with Peyton because he starts to talk a little like this. Look, 
going to measure... Look, I, I, I need to measure every word that I'm saying. Relative to... Relative, relative to is that... <laughs> um, it reminded me of Mike Shanahan a little bit. Mike Shanahan, um, he had... Uh, oh, gosh. I... He would also say relative to, but it's just this thing that the coach says all the time. Uh, coaches have their, like uh, Coach Malone, he'll always say, to your point, to your point, to your point, to your point, to your point. Um, yeah, Sean Payton, relative to. Yeah, that was boring, man. Um, but we needed the answers. <laughs> he gave us a three minute long answer, which I think says a little look, bit more about the state of the franchise look, than anything else. Relative to normal. Sean Payton press conferences. Listen, I think he was self self critical. Oh my gosh, Sean Payton! All right, Nelly, what's story number two? You want another one? I mean, Mike, you, you brought in some energy drinks today. You think you can stay awake for another one? Let's see. Sean Payton, in his press conference yesterday, was asked a simple question: Do you think this season was a success or not? I have a hard time saying something like that because, um, yeah, I don't, my appetites, I think where it should be is a little bit stronger. Um, and, uh, and I, look, I said this at the start of the season and it was really a discussion kind of off the record, but it became, I felt like we had a chance, this team had a chance to to get into the postseason, and I feel that that same way now. So I, I'm disappointed because of that, and disappointed that um, oh. I look back on a handful of things I could have done differently and better. And uh, and now make no mistake about it. We Just finished say no. well. What is the question? <laughs> What's the question? I can't. Disappointed? Yes. <laughs> Discouraged? No. Russell Wilson would be, would be proud here. Very proud. <laughs> um, his the inability just to say, no, the season was not a su- success. Just say it. No. My appetite is a little stronger than all of yours. What? What? Just say, no, it was not a success. I thought we were a play- Here, watch this. Um, Chris? Do you think the season in which you, your team finished eight and nine was a success? No, I do not. We didn't make the playoff, right? No? Cool. Then it wasn't a success because I did say I wanted this team to make the playoffs, didn't I? You did, coach. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a success. What's the next question? That's it. I loved it. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's all I needed. <laughs> Um, what's next? Well, you know, we look at a lot of things when we evaluate the season. And look, <laughs> some things were and some things weren't. But in all seriousness, let's move on from Sean Payton. Let's get to George Payton. He also addressed the media. And, of course, every everybody who talked yesterday got the same question. What's going to happen with Russ? Do you see a future with Russ potentially coming back to the team in some capacity next season? And, of course, George Payton got that. 
I think Sean commented on that. We really have. This meeting's a deep dive in the entire roster. The door remains open with Russ. I've had good conversations with Russ. Sean's had good conversations. The door is open. And uh, so we'll just kind of get through the process. Uh, We'll visit as, as, you know, with the coaching staff, scouting staff. We'll visit with Russ and his people, and and we'll go from there. This is... um this is really well done, Nelly. <laughs> Tell you what, Nelly. Um, is the door open for Russell Wilson to return? I'm just going to ask you that straight away. Is he coming back? Russell Russ? Wilson. Yeah. He coming no. back? He's not? It's been a messy breakup. He wants to come back. He said it. <laughs> he has to. He's contractually obligated to say he wants to fulfill the contract terms. In, in order to be paid. See, you guys could have seen the face he just made at me. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> the thing's over. The door is closed. Shut. Slammed. Locked. I can't. <laughs> um, I was just asking a question. I just didn't know. <laughs> you know, they said the door is open. He said he wants to come back. I mean, is there a universe in which they can sit down over a meal and hash out all their differences. They had meals before when this thing all started. We heard all about their meals. Shared a bottle of wine. Like, who cares? It didn't work. Russ is done. Russ is going to be the playoff quarterback next season for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Watch. Do you remember prior to the season when we had the um, the photos of like Russ and Sierra with Sean Payton and... All the people, like I, his people. I think Joe Montana was in one of them. They were uh, eating in, I think it was Las Vegas. And then you had the appearances that they made at Nuggets games. Um, they were sitting courtside, and Just it was, was going to be, yeah, it was going to be all good. The courting phase. <laughs> it's less than a calendar year later. The breakup has already happened. Social media has already ratified the fact that there was. Mama drama in the relationship, <laughs> and it's over. It's definitely over. It's definitely over. Um, Nelly, what's next? More from George Payton on how the contract negotiations went with Russ, the $85 million dead cap, and how they conducted business with the supposed threatening to bench him. As far as your negotiations and talks with Russell, how much does $85 million of dead cap factor into it, either this year, spread over two years? And as a GM, how daunting would it be to have to inherit that? Also, to Mike Kliss's question, he asked about the Russell Wilson negotiations. He asked you specifically about, was there a threat to bench him? I don't know if you answered that question. The first question, obviously, any dead money, you know, obviously this whatever if this would be extreme we, we've prepared for any scenario you know with Rich Hurtado who, who runs our cap and, and uh, we'll have flexibility either way to do what we need to do we're not going to be on the first wave of free agency like we were last year you can't do that every year we'll be very strategic very specific on, on what positions what players uh, you know uh, we try to sign and then obviously we got to hit on the draft we're picking high and uh, we have six picks 
uh, you know, we could we could have more. You know, we like picks, and uh, and we'll go from there. And your second, I'm sorry, your second question. Uh, Mike asked you about your discussions, and you said some things remain private, but he asked you specifically, was he threatened to be benched? Yeah, we, we made a good faith attempt to adjust his contract. We handled ourselves professionally, uh, and you know, I'll just leave it at that. Well, they made a good faith effort to uh, do that professionally, but they failed uh, because they didn't do it professionally. But uh, they're going to stand up there and say that. And okay, that's fine. Um, I think of more interest to me, you know, is the fact that he said, "Look, we ran through all the financial scenarios, and." We're going to be okay. Um, nothing is going to take us by surprise. I mean, do, do how much of that? Maybe not. Do we believe is a is is maybe a little bit too strong? But uh, do we think that they will be okay given what they are going to embark on financially going into next season? Key's going to be if they hit in on a draft quarterback because the answer I don't believe is going to be available via free agency. If they hit on a draft quarterback and they can get marginally better at the quarterback position, then I think that they're going to be poised to be a playoff team. I believe that. You do. And you and I have gone all in this whole you know, segment and this whole show on this press conference. And while there were some cringy moments and mm-hmm. there was a lot of beating around the bush, there was a lot of legalese being being used by all three parties, particularly George, George Payton's segments. I do believe that George Payton is the right man for the job ahead. Why? Because he comes from a scouting background. He's a football guy mm-hmm. and retooled the scouting department. And I think he's going to hit on this draft. Because I think cost-controlled young talent is going to be the key to unscrewing the mess that was created, yes, by George Payton, but I do think he's acquitted for the task at hand. Yeah. I also think that Greg Penner is a tremendous owner, not only because of the deep pockets, because because he certainly has those, but he's using them in, in ways that he means business about, number one, winning fast and winning soon and number two making the fan experience at a game that much better and then I do think that Sean Payton is the right head coach relative to I'm going to use his term Mm -hmm. relative to Nathaniel Hackett and an adult not running an adult's business yeah you know that that the children if you will were running running the daycare yeah I I agree with you uh, on all fronts. I actually think they have the right individuals. I do. Um, they made themselves look a little weird, but um, I I think you know I I ask a lot of questions because I think this is interesting, and you know when uh, you know we talked about uh, on Monday was there a foundation even laid here? Um, was there you know what was accomplished actually this season? Well. Um, you know, they fell short of the playoffs, of course. But the team did generally play better football. They play, as a matter of fact, they played way better football One, four than they more did last games. year. Won four more games. And that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. They doubled their win total. They beat the Chiefs. They narrowly missed on having a division, uh, a winning division record, obviously, and, and a winning record to- in total. Uh, but you could see where some of the stuff, and, and, and especially as it relates to 
you know, the the offseason training and, and the offensive line, which was pretty much intact the entire season, except for what, what McGlinchey in that last game, um, how that looked like it was taking hold and taking root. And um, you had a you know, you had a largely you had a healthier football team at the end of a season than certainly that's what they had last year where they had 20 plus people on IR um, at the end of last season. So, yeah, I do think that there is there are some there's a foundation that is at least began to be laid for sure. Um, the quarterback is going to complicate things because you really want that foundation to be with the quarterback so that you just go from year to year getting better in that respect. They're not going to be able to do that. That has to happen. Because of the amount of inconsistency with not only quarterback play over the course of the last seven years, but actually who that human is behind center has been so inconsistent, wildly inconsistent. And nobody can speak to that better than Garrett Bowles. I mean, that's been what his tenure here in Denver has been marred by is inconsistency at the quarterback position. And that has to be fixed. And if it's not fixed, then this will be a failed tenure for George Payton and Sean Payton. Yeah. Um, interesting. Period. Yeah. Interesting things happening um, with the Broncos as they embark on a long offseason. We'll obviously talk through all of this as the days and weeks uh, go ahead. All right. Um, we'll come back and let's get to shout outs when we come back. We'll do that next. Okay. So get your texting figures ready. Text Altitude Sports Radio 925 on the Shop Mazda text line at 303 504 0925. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these piece of news out of the NBA. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, signed a contract extension. We don't have numbers on that just quite yet. You know, it's you you know it's a it's it's hard to get a, if <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he's, he's laughing all the that terrible laugh all the way to the bank. But uh, when Woj doesn't have the numbers. The numbers don't exist just quite yet, um, but we know that that is a thing that has happened. Kawhi Leonard uh, with a uh, with a uh, contract extension, he is playing lights out right now. Lights out. Are you are you a I won't say fan, but do you respect Kawhi Leonard's game? Yeah, me, I do too. Yeah, I mean, he just went through a stretch uh, where he was shooting. Okay, so 50, 40, 90. That's the, kind of the the mark, right? If you're shooting 50% from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the free throw line, that's you are doing all the things, and that's the benchmark. Um, for I think I, I don't I think this is might as might have run out on him here in the last few days, but um, for about a month he was shooting 60, 50, and almost 100. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it was. I just I respect the seriousness of his game. Yeah, and it's funny juxtaposed against his new teammate James Harden. It's like the seriousness of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's game and the way they conduct themselves is admirable Mm -hmm. relative to the constant chicanery that exists with Harden that I, I, I can't I can't. Yeah, yeah, and he's just uh, lucky for James Harden. He's got a couple of guys who want to who wants to score for uh, because some of the stuff that he does on on the court is just kind of weird. Um, also, uh, we've talked about the Nuggets and the um, um, uh, and the Utah Jazz tonight. The Avs play tonight. <laughs> they play they play the Vegas Golden Knights, um, and you can hear tonight's game on ninety two uh, five with Connor. Uh, and if you want to watch it in the Altitude Sports Market, your best bet is going to be Directv, Fubo TV, or Spectrum. Uh, check out altitudesports.com uh, slash how to watch 
to find a TV provider in your area. Uh, the Avs coming off a victory over the Boston Bruins the other day, and um, in a, in a game that really had a lot of it felt like a playoff game almost. It just had a lot of energy uh, in the arena. Um, so hopefully they can continue on down that road and um, they're going to need to with Winnipeg continue to win uh, a lot of games and um, they're trying to keep pace and all the things. Um, the bees so. brought their energy, didn't it? Bruins were, were infiltrating that building. Oh my gosh. Not it, good. Yeah, it was, um, that was, that was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of Bruins fans. There's no doubt um, about. I can't believe it's been almost two and a half, three months since the Knights and, and abs have played. Was and they've they've only played once this year, and the Knights have. This is there's something like three and seven in the last three and 10? seven in the last ten. Yeah, um, the last the last matchup was a seven four loss for the Abs in Vegas. It'd be great to have the have the the Knights. I think two of the you know perennial contenders in the modern era right now mm-hmm. in in the NHL for for the Cup. It's a big big one tonight me, at Ball Arena. Let me ask you a question. Um, obviously with an extensive college coaching background. <clears throat> this seems to be a thing uh, that might happen next year. Uh, this is from Darren Ravel, the uh, noted kind of business reporter. He's done this at various locations, ESPN, uh, Sports Business Journal, um, all, the, all the places. Anyway, he tweets this earlier today. The guys who celebrate Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the NFL draft, have announced, that, have announced the Irrelevant Bowl featuring the two worst teams in college football next year. The bowl is looking for a venue. This year, it would have been 2-10 Vanderbilt facing 1-11 Akron. I think this is a stupid idea. No college will, will, will go to this bowl. But <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Okay, that's what well, I was first wondering. First off, majority of the time, both of those... Both of those head coaches are fired. <laughs> Second of all, 30 to 45% right. of the roster will be depleted going into the portal. <laughs> right. I mean, come on, Darren Ravel. Yeah. I, He's also one of the most hated personalities on, on Twitter and X. Yeah. I love scrolling through the comments anytime he throws something preposterous out. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> and it this, is. Darren, is preposterous. <laughs> no doubt. With that, let's get to shoutouts. Who's killing it? Who's crushing it? I love you, man. You're my boy, bro. Who's absolutely balling? We just become best friends. Yep. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. Dempsey and Company present. You want to go do karate in the garage? Shoutouts. Shoutouts. always say congratulations. All right, from, uh, let's see, the text line. Shout out to Georgie. Um... And this is uh, uh, Georgiev. He has had some subpar efforts lately, but we can we please acknowledge that he went beast mode in the OT shoot? Yeah, he really did. Uh, you know, uh, Georgiev in shootout situations is really, really good. Uh, he's brick really good. Brick wall. Yeah. He's a brick wall. He's a brick wall. Yeah, shout out to, to uh, Georgiev for sure uh, for what he was able to do. All right. Um, I have one. Actually, I have, mm, I have one. I'm going to shout out the reporters in the Broncos press conferences yesterday, in particular Eric Goodman. They had each other's backs. And let me just tell you, as a former beat writer, um, when you stand up and you ask a question and then that person just dismisses that question or just dismisses you, period, um, it's not a great feeling. Especially when you know what you were trying to do was get the answers to the questions that we all have. 
So when Mike Kliss asks a question that then uh, was not answered, and then Eric Goodman stands up and says, hey, you know what? Um, Mike was asking a question that you did not answer. So can you now answer this question? And then he does. Well, the beat writer in me loves every single second of that. And I think the fans out there ought to love every single second of that because if forced an answer from a person who didn't want to give an answer um and i think when you are trying to get at the real truth of the matter that matters and so i say well i want to give a shout out to all the reporters there and certainly to eric goodman for having another reporters back i i agree eric goodman forced a interview subject to give a non-answer to a question that he didn't want to answer because he gave a non-answer. Yeah. But he but he had the audacity to keep trying. You have to. You have to. You have to get something on the record. See, here's the thing. You have to get something. You have to get that individual on the record. Because when they come back, inevitably, they will. And say, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Or I didn't say that. Or it didn't go down this way. Then you just have this this instance of them answering or trying to dodge the question uh, on record. And that matters 100% of the time uh, because sooner or later, the absolute all the truth will come out. And then we'll go back to you and say, remember you said this, bro? Well, okay, well, let's, 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 let's talk about this again in real terms that you can understand. This is how it went down. We know this is how it went down. Now you can re-answer that question, but we got to get you on the record first. And so that matters 100% of the time. All right, I'm done. Shout out. I'm going to shout out the city of Elko, Nevada. Huh. It's weird. Elko, Nevada. So on my trip across the western United States from the Front Range region to Northern California. I've already talked about we stopped in Salt Lake City on the way and didn't go well. So on the way back, we decided to not stop as a halfway point in Salt Lake City. We stopped in Elko, Nevada, which was a way better host for my family than Salt Lake City. (laughs) And with the Nuggets going tonight to play in Salt Lake City, which has been a house of horrors at Vivint Arena, Elko, Nevada, you stood tall. You stood tall as a city of 1,200 people. Way better than that pit in the state of Utah that the Nuggets are going to burn down tonight with a win at Vivint Arena. All right, love it. Got weird, didn't it? (laughs) Nelly. I know we mentioned this earlier, but I'd like to bring it back. I want to shout out the Toronto Raptors coach for sticking it to the refs last night because (laughs) the Raptors got, let me check my notes here, two free throws in the fourth quarter while the Lakers got 23 and they ended up winning the game by one point. The Lakers did. You think those 23 free throws helped a little bit? And so the Raptors coach did not mince words in the postgame. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in the, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible that Scotty Barnes 
who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get get uh, to the, to the rim without flopping and and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you gonna explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight. If that's if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. <laughs> I got one last shout out. To the inevitable end of a relationship. What's that? The end of the relationship between Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. I'm going to shout it out. The door is open. I'm going to shout it out with the most memorable moment of the Russell Wilson era here in Denver. Hit it, Nelly. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Oh, Russell Wilson. They wouldn't say it yesterday at the press conference, but we'll say it here on Dempsey and Company. We'll say goodbye. And with that, and for Mike and Steve, I'm Christopher Dempsey. Uh, We are saying goodbye right now. PhD is next.